I am not so good at fishing. Um, my mum took me fishing when I was a kid. We went fishing in the canal, uh, probably not the best start. And uh, the only thing that I caught after, you know, probably an hour, but it felt like a whole day of trying, was one small, slithery little eel. You know, you're not going to feed a family with, with that, are you? Um, not so good at fishing. However, um, I have uh, had some better experiences of fishing when we were in Torquay. Uh, we had a couple of boats, and uh, one of the boats um, was like this, this kind of orange double kayak, and you could sit two adults on it, and if you tried really hard, you could squeeze a couple of kids on it as well. So this is a picture of us with some friends of ours out on the water. They bought the same boat, so there are eight of us on the open sea, Clearly, we hadn't done the health and safety assessment. However, I went out with me and the two boys on a boat like this once in Torquay, and we had a beautiful sunny day. You know, part of fishing, isn't it, is that actually you don't really catch anything. You put the lines out, and you just, what did you do? I went fishing. That's the point. It's not that you catch fish. But anyway, on this day, the sun was shining. We put the lines down. We are paddling around by the rocks in the deep water. And then suddenly, there's this tug on the line pull it up, pull off four or five fish, drop it back down, tug on the line, like immediately, pull it up, pull the fish off, and this point I'm trying to, you know, doing all the stuff that a proper dad's supposed to do, fish lines down, fish up, lines down, fish up, and the boat is full of fish. I was like, I was, I had an awesome dad moment, you know, I was like, the boys are going to remember this forever. I am rocking it as dad today. Frankly, it was nothing to do with me. I had no idea what I was doing. In fishing, there are good days and bad days. For the disciples, it seems like they might be having a bad day. And there is this gap between the experience that they've just had of this story of Jesus being raised from the dead and they've met him twice. Or certainly the fellas have met him twice Actually, Mary Magdalene might well have met him three times. Because, of course, she met him at the tomb as well. They've met him twice. On the second meeting, Thomas uh, calls out, My Lord, my God. They've had this dramatic encounter with the risen Jesus. By the way, if ever you meet someone who struggles with whether or not Jesus is God, it's always good to point them to this kind of passage. Because Jesus has come, he's been, he's been in ministry for three years, he's been killed on a cross, he's been raised from the dead, and Thomas pipes up and says, my Lord and my God, if he had got it wrong, that would have been a great moment for Jesus to say, ah, oh, hang on lads, that actually, listen, you're taking it a bit far, I'm really just a very good teacher, okay, I'm just a very nice man, okay, I'm not actually God, I'm just a very nice man. That would have been the moment for him to go, and there were a number of others in the Gospels. That would have been the moment. Hang on, lads, you got it wrong. And you know what? He doesn't. And the reason he doesn't is because he is. Through him, everything that was made has been made. And he chose to to come to earth as a human being. He took on human flesh became a human being, died on a cross and was raised to life. The disciples have had this 
amazing encounter twice for some of them. And Jesus has breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And he's reminded them that they are sent people. As the Father has sent me, so I send you, but... He's not showed up again for a little while. Did, he re- did, we, did we really see him? What did he really say to us? Lads, I've got an idea. Should we just go fishing? Yes, Peter, that seems like a great pan. Please, let's just go fishing. Because apart from anything else, we're a little bit nervous as to whether or not we're going to need to get a job again or whether we're going to need to do the thing that Jesus has called us to do. So let's just go and see if we can do the fishing thing. So all of them pile out in the boat and they make a good night of it. They take some bud. No, they don't take Budweiser. Um, they would have done if it was a fishing trip now. Um, and they're in a little canvas tent by the canal. Um, They don't catch anything. When you are having a bad day, where do you go? When you're struggling because you don't know what the answer is, what do you do? When the things that you hoped and dreamed for have not yet come to pass, where's your go-to place? For the disciples, it was, we've got to get back in the boat. Jesus has spent the whole time trying to get them out of the boat. And they choose to go and get back in the boat. For you, it may be that you, that you go and you're alone. You, you, you separate yourselves from other people. Because you can't be with them unless, unless things are going well. Or maybe, you know, you just binge watch Netflix. It's easy to do. They just start again. It's amazing. You sit there all night. Or, 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 or maybe, maybe you head for that bottle that's at the back of the cupboard. No one else knows. Maybe it's to a secret place from 20, 30, 40 years ago. And you go back there. Or maybe there's just a set of thoughts that you suddenly give permission for to come around and round in your head. Where's your go-to place? Folks, mind the gap. Mind the gap between what's been promised, what you hope for, what you read in Scripture, and what you're living in. Mind what you do in the gap. Anyway, Jesus shows up and he's got breakfast ready. He calls out to them. And um, let's look at what he said. He calls out to them. Um, How's it going? Have you caught anything? Try the other side of the boat. He's got the barbecue on already. It's interesting, isn't it, that in the point where they are minding the gap, or rather not minding the gap because they've got back in the boat, that the way that Jesus addresses them is as friends. He does not holler from the boat, Lads, what are you doing? My last instruction to you was, as the Father has sent me, I have sent you. What are you doing in the boat? Did you not get it for three years? No, he says, friends. 
because that's what they are. He's almighty God. He calls out to them, friends, haven't you caught any fish? No! Throw your net out on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. This is Jesus. I mean, I know he made the universe and everything, but these, he's talking to proper fishermen. If there were fish on the right-hand side of the boat, they would know about it. You know, how, one of the ways they caught fish in, in, in the biblical world was you had two boats, and what you did is you spotted the shoal of fish, and you sent, the, you sent both boats out, and you had a net that was dragged into the water, and you surrounded the shoal of fish with the, with the net. So you caught the whole lot. It was really labour-intensive, but it was really fruitful. In fact, so fruitful that what you would do is you'd, you'd throw another net over the top of the hoop that you'd just made, and you'd catch the whole shoal. If there was a shoal of fish next to that boat on the right hand side, they would have known. But there wasn't anyway, because it was morning. And these guys fished at night. Let down your nets. And what happens... They catch such a haul of fish. It's interesting, isn't it, that even though they're not quite in the place that they should be, they're in their gap place. That even then, even though they don't recognise Jesus, that there's something about what he says where they go, yeah, we'll do that. It could just be this, hey, haven't got anything better to do, but they're fishermen. It's quite an effort to let down the nets. I think there's a nudge. It's one of those still, small voice moments where they're kind of going, do you know what? I I don't get this yet, but I get enough to know that I've got to follow. So they let down the nets and they bring in a catch. In fact, they bring in a catch that is so large, there are 153 fish. Do you know what is significant about 153 fish? Absolutely nothing. I looked it up because I thought, hundred this is really important. I mean, it might be really important, but I mean, I'm sure someone's figured it out. But apparently the reason why 153 fish are recorded in John's Gospel is because they caught 153 fish and they thought it was so many they thought you should count them. That is why it's significant. You probably can do some really complicated maths with it and make a connection to the feeding of the 5,000 or we could keep it simple and say they caught 153 fish. Isn't that amazing? Do you know what? When I, if I ever catch one, I'm surprised. 153? That's like, I mean, that would be all over Facebook. <sighs> Except, of course, you'd get harangued because we're not allowed to catch fish or do anything like that anymore. Uh, anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, what is it? No, there's one more thing. They catch 153 fish, but Jesus, he's already got the fire going. And, you know James Couchman's bread, right? He makes great bread. Is it James and Sarah? Or just, just James. Great bread. Jesus has already got the bread. He's rolled it. He's done all the stuff to it. It's on the fire already. And he's got the fish. Jesus, you've already got that. You've already... Where'd you get the fish from? He's already been fishing. Or he's bought some fish from one of the... 
from one of the fishermen that did have a good night. And then he bothers to get them to catch 153 more. This is excessive. What, what is this all about? What it's all about is this. It's not really about the fish. It's about being called to catch people. In Mark chapter 1 verse 17, this is the short version. It says, come and follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. Come and follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. This, this is the invitation that Simon Peter receives to follow Jesus. Luke expands on it, on it a bit more and tells a bit more of the story in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, um, verse 1 to 11. Jesus chooses to teach from Simon Peter's boat. He's just Simon at that point. And when he's done with the teaching, so this is daytime again, it's the wrong time. He says, put out into deep water for a catch. When the catch comes in, it's so large that they have to get another boat. What on earth is going on with this passage in Mark and in Luke? I think what's happening is Jesus is trying to say, do you know what, lads? I've got a job for you to do, and I'm going to pay for it for while you're doing it. You see, if they've caught two boatloads of fish, I don't know what the system was at that point, but probably there was like a boat franchise thing going on, and they had to hire the boats and the equipment and the nets from someone else. And so they come in with this massive haul, and they then go, there you go, buddy. Uh, we're off for a bit. <laughs> Can you hold these fish in credit for us, or whatever it might be? I don't know how that worked. We don't, we're not told. But either way, they're confident enough to go, do you know what? We're going to follow you, Jesus. This is how Jesus catches fish. But there's another one as well. And it's in Matthew 17, verse 27. Peter and Jesus are in the temple. And there's this little argument about the temple tax and whether or not they should pay it. So Jesus says to Peter, get this, he says to Peter, take your line and go to the lake and catch a fish, and the first fish that you pull out will have a four drachna coin in it, which will be enough to pay for your temple tax and mine. Hang on. Peter, who's left everything to follow Jesus, has still got his little mini fishing line on his belt. So Jesus says, take your little mini fishing line, which is basically lunch catcher, because you're not going to make money with that, lunch catcher, go to the lake, pull out the first fish. Do you know what? Jesus is really precise. If it's a boatload of fish or it's one fish. A boatload of fish or one fish. It's really, really precise. But again, there's provision. What are we going to take from this story and the other surrounding stories about fish? I think one thing that you could take from it is that Jesus is really keen to provide. And, you know, I think, I think Jesus is the provider and we are to trust him. We're to trust our Father God for daily bread. Hi, buddy. 
We're to trust our Father God for daily bread. Jesus wants to provide for us. There'll be preachers one day, don't worry. (laughs) Maybe we take that this is all about provision. And you could also read that if you look at the feeding of the 5,000. How many loaves have we got? Oh, we got five loaves and we got two fish. It's not going to go very far, Jesus. Hang on, with Jesus, it can feed 5,000 people. He can make it happen. But I think there's something bigger than this that we should take from it. And I think it's this. That if we're to catch fish, we're supposed to follow the Holy Spirit. If we're to catch fish, we're supposed to follow the Holy Spirit. You see, the kids earlier on were looking for one fish. They didn't realise there was a cup full of fishes that we're just waiting for them to discover. They were looking for one fish, but actually there was a whole bunch of fish out there. You know, we do live in difficult times. We live in a season where the church is receding nationally in the UK and in the West. The stats are not great. They are 1% decline year on year in the Church of England uh, since World War II and All Saints is not, exempt, is not exempt from that we have not turned this round yet that's the story that we are in by 2067 if you track those numbers for, forward the Church of England as it is currently in its current form will simply not be there how are we supposed to hold that alongside all of the things that we see that God has called us to do I think, I think we need to look for, look for things not with a poverty mindset, but with a kingdom of God mindset. You know, when dark times come, when it feels like the stuff that we believe is not quite working through, and I'm not prepared to give up on it, I don't know about you, because the foundation is rock solid. But when we don't see the fruit of it in the way that we want to see, what what do we do? I think what we do is we resort to a poverty mindset. We go line fishing and we go, I hope, I pray, Lord Jesus, I've been praying for this one person for 73 years and I pray that they would come to faith and I, or, or even just, just, even that they would smile at me. Those are good prayers, by the way. They are, and we should keep on praying them. But if, you know, folks, if all that we hope for, for our collective faith, is that one person comes to faith, it's all over. But you know what? When the Holy Spirit is at work, things turn like that. When the Holy Spirit is at work and He works through people like you and me, 
ordinary, everyday people doing ordinary jobs. Looking after kids at home, working in a bank, collecting the pension, working in a shop. Ordinary people doing ordinary jobs. That's the place where he works, through people like you and like me. And what he invites us to do is to look with his eyes, to see the shoal of fish that are wanting to be caught. You know, the thing about all the, all the stories that Jesus tells and the point at which he tells them is to remind the disciples, the men and women that were following him. You know, don't go for a poverty mindset on this. This is not going to be the kind of thing where you're just going to be line fishing. This is not about your lunch and the line fish to catch something just for you. At the start, when he calls them, the way that he models fishing is to say, there are more fish than you can possibly even bring in. At the end, what he does is he reminds them, after they've not managed to catch anything, that they can let down their nets in a place where they don't even think there are any fish, and they bring in 153 fish. You know, I'm pretty excited that when I was at St. Mag's in Torquay, there were over a hundred people baptised. More than 60 of those were completely new to faith, from broken and addicted backgrounds. It was messy as something. And God made it less messy. You know, I'm super excited about that. They caught 153 fish, and on the first day, 3,000 would have added to their number, just like that. I don't know what you hope for. I know what I'm going to be faithful in, and I wonder whether you're going to be faithful in it too. You see, the method that Jesus used was simple. Daily discipleship walk with a couple of people. That was it. His method was something small and everyday. A church that's following the way of Jesus. Praying, reading the Bible, joining a group, committing. Get ordinary stuff. Ordinary stuff, if we're attentive, can lead to extraordinary results. Not in our doing but in his doing. Folks, I don't want to do normal because I don't think Jesus is calling us to normal. I think he's looking, he's calling us to the extraordinary where we look and see what he's doing and join in. I love us to pray. I want to pray in two ways. The first is... uh, I'm, I'm going to invite some of you to come out, to come out the front in a minute, but the first set of praise, uh, prayers is, is just where you are. Okay? I'm not going to ask you to put a hand up or stand up. Just where you are. Respond if this is for you. Just you and God, and I want to pray for you. If 
if you're aware that right now you are in that kind of gap place. Maybe a place of waiting or of disappointment. And that in that place you've gone somewhere you shouldn't or you've allowed yourself to think a bunch of things that are not true or doubts crept in, whatever that might be for you. Or you've just, you've sought to be alone when actually you need to be with other places, other people. Or maybe even you've gone back to to an old pattern. A place where you shouldn't go. I want to pray for you right now. If that's you, just respond in the quietness of your heart. Holy Spirit, you know each one of us. You love us. You call us friends. Even when we drift a bit. Lord, I pray that you would come and restore any folks for whom they're just kind of thinking about facing the other way at the moment. And whatever it might be. you would come and bring peace and healing by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. It might be that you need to talk that through with someone or get some more prayer on that. The other thing that I'd love to pray for, and can we have the band up as well, because we'll kind of lead into a bit of worship with this, is, um, uh, and I am going to get you to, st- I am going to get you to stand up or put a hand up, Okay is uh, firstly for all of you um, just a moment think about the folks that you are living next to that you work alongside who is it that you are praying for and it might be that long term prayer if you haven't got a couple of people that you're praying for the question is Holy Spirit who do you want me to pray for take some time ask, ask him and pray for those folks But I'd love it if some of you could be courageous. If you'd have the courage to stand up, if what you're saying as a response to what you've heard this morning is, Holy Spirit, I want to be more attentive to what you're doing in the week, because I want to join in. If that's you, would, would you stand up? If that's, what, if that's what the Holy Spirit is nudging you to this week, Would you stand up and I'd love to pray for you where you are. If you're just saying, yeah, Lord, I I, want to join in. I want to be more attentive to your Holy Spirit and I just want to follow you this week and next week. Come on, there's a few more of you. You can give us a wave as well. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place, in our lives. And Lord, I pray for each one of us, those that are standing and those that are not. Lord, that Holy Spirit, that you would direct us, that we're joining with what you're doing and we would see a fruitful harvest in this place for your glory. Lord, you've called us to to fish for people. Lord, we're not happy with just a bit of line fishing. 
over decades, Lord, we, we want to see boatfuls of people coming. Because, Lord, we know that you love each person in Western, in Bath, in this nation across the world. And you've given your life for each one of them. Lord, come and use us to bring in the harvest. In Jesus' name, amen.